When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right here on 1049 The Horn, 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. That's when my man Patrick takes jams from uh, local bands and artists, very talented human beings, and uh, uh, plays those jams for us and gives you a chance to catch these very talented human beings live right here in Austin, Texas. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is The Waters, and they are playing tonight at Sam's Town Point. Mm, I like that. Yeah, there you go. Um, so uh, if you miss any of these suggestions for 512 Friday, I believe my man Patrick always hooks you up on at hornfm.com on the website. So you can look really smart in front of all your friends, look really cool in front of all your friends like you're in the know. And really, it's just Patrick giving you the down low on uh, all these very talented folks on a 512 Friday. All right. Let's get to the big story of the day. It is um, some news that we discussed. We actually played some audio, too, uh, earlier in the week of uh, DeAndre Hopkins on a podcast with uh, Brandon Marshall, um, the I Am Athlete podcast, of him, I guess, foreshadowing. And I guess maybe he knew because the world in the street is he hasn't been the best uh, teammate (laughs) uh, there with (laughs) the Arizona Cardinals and maybe that he was trying to uh, force his way out, sabotage the relationship there. Uh, But the uh, Arizona Cardinals have released DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and now we wait to see what team is going to uh, acquire DeAndre Hopkins and at least how much it is going to cost to acquire DeAndre Hopkins as well. That will also be a big topic of conversation. Um, We talked about it earlier. I think Kansas City and Buffalo, gentlemen, are the two... If, I don't know if they're the front runners. I looked at the Vegas odds for bookies.com. We brought this up earlier this week when we discussed this topic. Um, Kansas City had the best odds um, when I last looked at it. Now, that was before this news broke. I haven't looked at it since the news broke. Got to go look at it since the news broke. I'm sure it's changed. But Kansas City had the best odds to land DeAndre Hopkins um, if he left Arizona. And, of course, him being cut means he's leaving Arizona. Yes. So... If that is the case, then, you know, I, I, like I said, the rest of the NFL should be afraid. Well, be, be very afraid if he ends up with Kansas City or Buffalo. And remember, on the Pivot podcast, he said, I believe his five quarterbacks, when they asked him what quarterbacks would you like to be receiver for or catch balls from, his, in order, he said Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, 
Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Herbert. Oh, sorry. The guy from San Diego. San Diego. The guy from San Diego. The <laughs> I believe that's, he can't even San come with the name. The guy from yes. San Diego. But he likes his game, apparently. Yep. So I honestly think he's going to end. He might end up with one of those squads. I think Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, if he wants to win a Super Bowl, those will be the two front runners. Do those teams want to pay whatever it is going to cost to acquire DeAndre Hopkins or whatever the asking price is? Well, that's, that's where we got the, you know, whatever's lost in translation. Well, what we really got to figure out is how much it's going to cost um, the Arizona Cardinals with how much they're going to pick up at that tab. That will tell you everything about what he can go for on the open market. We talked yesterday about – Patrick Mahomes talking about I'm not going to do anything to hurt the quarterback market by take, giving up too much money. And that, that could be the same thing that DeAndre Hopkins is talking about too. But if you're trying to seriously make a run, and I believe his list of demands had a lot to do with the stability of the front office, a quarterback, to your point, that he can – understand and vibe with Mm -hmm. but most importantly a quarterback that is trying to be a leader that is where he was losing so much respect for Kyler Murray was he going to try to throw him under the bus no but now that he's out of there I'm sure we're going to hear some other conversations about how Kyler wasn't trying to get to the work level Mm. that everybody else was we've heard it but we haven't truly heard players talk about it We've all heard a coach. We've all heard front office. We've all heard other talking heads talk about it. I've yet to hear a player say anything about Kyler, and I'm wondering if D'Angelo, I mean D'Angelo, if DeAndre is going to be the person that might come out and say, this is why I was asking for my release or my trade or whatever it was. Because remember, he did ask for a trade, right? He asked for a trade earlier. Yeah, I mean, I don't it, think it was as publicized like Lamar's. Yeah, but I, he did ask for one. This is it's it's a part of two where every team's got to look at and go. This guy's, you know, whether it was right or wrong, and both these teams don't have great cultures of you know and success. But this is the second team that has basically cut ties with him solely on his how he acted in the locker room and nothing yeah. to do with his performance. Yeah. So. When you're bringing him in, you go, okay, we need to really vet him a little bit to make sure we're bringing him in and he is part of what we want to do and he doesn't want to come in and change up what we do. So we just need to check and make sure on that. But like we can say the Chargers are out because they've already got too many wide receivers as is. They don't don't need to add another wide receiver there. Kansas City seems to be the team that makes the most sense. They already had a guy named Tyreek Hill that – you know, many people said coming up was not going to be a culture fit for them, and they were able to do great things with right. him. So you go, we have a big, we have enough uh, support around us that we feel we can have a wide receiver come in and fit him in, and you know, we can make things work with him in here, and we probably have the room to do it because our wide receiver budget is really low right now. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo could take a look at him. And we know Buffalo is probably would offer him the longest contract just because that's kind of how they've been doing business is trying to sign those kind of cap over cash but work those deals where it's like a four- or five-year deal and the money's split up in a weird way. They've done that for a couple guys. So they may offer him something that's longer if he wants that. But if he wants to go short-term, you'd probably figure Kansas City would be the team. Um, can I go back to something you brought up earlier? I think it is unfair 
that DeAndre Hopkins is getting the label of being a diva now late in his career. Remember, early in his career, he was everything, yeah. the antithesis of a diva. Yeah. He had a twenty, he had, he had a holdout that lasted less than 24 hours with the Texans. And because Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, <laughs> and the ineptitude and dis- dysfunction of yeah. the fuster cluck of a franchise, the Texans decided him having too many baby mamas wasn't yeah that was ridiculous right that that, that, that was ridiculous <laughs> no that's i'm just I'm i know but that, that's there. what i'm saying that is that, ridiculous that was one of the reasons that he was was not compatible with their plan to be the chick-fil-a of the mm-hmm. nfl because they wanted to be a christian kind of based organization which nothing wrong with that at all but christian's said, supposed to forgive yeah nothing wrong with that but your nuggets suck okay yeah. chick-fil-a can do that because they got damn good nuggets they can be closed on sundays and you've been playing like you've been closed on sundays for the last <laughs> two years okay they can Preach. be a christian based organization you cannot do it Preach. all right you ain't you can't you not, can't pull that off you're not that good so but so he didn't jive with that, so they decided, you know, we're moving on from him. So because of that, he's now had a label attached to him that he's a bit of a diva, and he goes to Arizona where they have – and by the way, the leadership with the Texans, even the quarterback leadership, bad. Right. Deshaun Watson was your – he was the face of your franchise. And Is your this your king? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then Bill O'Brien was also the leader, and Jack Easterby mm-hmm. was the leader, and then held the son, all right, uh, you know, the, yep. uh, there's the ownership, right? And it, it, to me – I don't. I don't know if that was fair for him to get the label of being a diva just because of the fuster cluck of a franchise that the Houston Texans were, and they moved on from. Him. And then he goes to Arizona, and what we hear about Kyler Murray that he's not a great leader, right? And what do we hear about uh, that Cliff Kingsbury was he a great head coach? Probably not. Great offensive mob, not a great head coach. So I think because he's ended up in all these dumpster fires, he's got this uh, label attached to him. And I'm going to say unfairly, but it could be fair. Maybe I don't know the whole story. None of us do. But I think it's an unfair label attached to him considering look at the circumstances around the man. Yeah. Good Lord. No, would you Look at both of those franchises. Yeah. He's played for two of the worst franchises in the NFL the last two uh, times. He, well, that's three or four years now. He's Which is why his demands have changed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like he's becoming a diva because he's dealing with these really bad franchises. Yep. Terrible leadership. And he's like, you know what? I have to take my future in my own hands because I cannot trust y'all to do mm-hmm. it. No, and I, and I get that. I, I'm saying that when you look at that, first of all, there are franchises out there. There's probably still 10 to 15 franchises in the NFL right now that have coaches in, in front of offices just like Arizona and Houston where he's going to go there. And if you say, oh, we'll bring him in because let's pay him $20 million more million and, and he'll save our team, that's not the best way to bring him in. And you could have this once again. So I'm just saying that any team who goes after him, you have to look and go, okay, we looked into it. We asked people around, and they told us, hey, man, it was a situation, not him. And then you go, cool, we'll bring him in. But you have to at least look into it because if you go, again, when we say two times, you're like, it could be a coincidence. It could be a coincidence that he went to two teams, and it just was that. Or you have to – but if you go talk to people and they go, oh, no, no, he fought his way out of both teams. And he will do it to you too because that's what people think of him. I, I don't. Dis- I don't think that's what it is. I think you have to vet him. No, I agree. I'm just saying we do have to look at the franchises. I mean, and like I said, yeah. with other franchises, you're you're not wrong that there is an aptitude all around the league. But with the Texans, there's no checks and balances. Every level of leadership is bad, from Cal McNair. From, not, not anymore, but I'm just saying, in, I've seen in recent history, this Cal McNair, whether it was Easterby, whether it was Bill O'Brien, whatever you were looking at, they were all bad. It was all bad leadership. Yeah. And and the quarterback, obviously, that was bad leadership, too. Deshaun Watson wasn't a great leader. They was a good football player, but not a great leader. And then you go to the Arizona Cardinals, it was Cliff Kingsbury. Was that great leadership? Then Kyler Murray. 
And then the, the GM had the GM there. At, yeah. Right? He was a bit of a dumpster fire himself. Well, was that Kime? Well, Kime, yeah. yeah. He got in trouble. He got in trouble multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I think he's trying to sue the Cardinals. Guys, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know there's bad leadership everywhere, but usually there's a checks and balances. Like, oh, your GM is bad, but you got a damn good quarterback who's a good leader. Or your owner's a good owner, but you know what? The head coach is bad, but you got a good GM. There's no checks and balances with both of those organizations. It was bad all the way down until they got to him. Everybody was inept yep. and dysfunctional. So I'm just saying, like, can we give the man a break? Like, now he's a diva just because he wanted out of two of the worst, worst run organizations in the NFL the last five years. Good I would, Lord, I I would have too. wanted to leave too. Just this ain't, Ky- I this ain't Kyrie Irving, guys. Yeah, no, like, no, I don't mean? think it is. I'm no. a big, I'm a big uh, Hopkins fan. I'm even to the point where I was looking at the Cowboys trying to get him at one at one point. Now you're looking at the money. This might be a situation where if they're taking all the money and all the risk and they've got this, they got to take this cap hit. That's why everybody's shocked that they released him now and it's not a designated uh, drop on on June 1st. No, he's released now. Yeah, because they're going to rebuild this year. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I'm talking about as far as my money's concerned. Yeah, but, but I think that was the deal. Is they just want to rebuild. And so they're like, let's get this cap hit out of the way quicker because we push it out. If we're going to be trying to be competitive again in three years and we're still paying for him, yeah. just get him off the books yep. and we'll be done with him. Pay everything now and, and you know, because we have to spend the money somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we might as well spend it on this guy that was not going to be here and and we'll be fine and we can write the check and we can go home. Yep. But that that's why I think they did that. But, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with your point that he has been in two very bad situations. For sure, I, for I, sure. I think that if you go – if any of these teams, like if you talk about a Buffalo or a Kansas City, I don't think there's really any problem there because yeah. – because it is just it has much better leadership. I think Buffalo is two or three steps away. Like if they regress again this year, Agreed. that is going to turn into an S show really quickly because they have so much money on the book. Stefan Diggs is already unhappy and you have to fire McDermott at that point. So we don't know who they bring in because you've you've obviously reached a ceiling with McDermott if they regress again. So I there is a lot of questions of like Buffalo, if he goes there, you go, ooh. This could be strike three for you, and it's not even your fault, but they just bring you in, and it falls apart. And something tells me that uh, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't like the cold, that he doesn't want to play in the cold. Yeah. I I don't don't, don't know that for a fact. I'm just saying something in me tells me he's got to choose. He's going to choose a warmer weather. uh, And that's the part about it is. Yeah, no, I'm saying he didn't choose. I mean, I guess he didn't But now he's a free agent. He chooses. He chooses. He, you know, I mean, Kansas City gets cold too. I'm just saying, but Buffalo is a different. You've been in different parts of the city. You've been in different parts of the country. Yes. there are different part. There are different kinds of cold in different parts of the country, and you know that. And Buffalo, way different kind of cold than the Kansas City cold. Still oh, cold. Stayed yeah. an off season with a girlfriend. <laughs> Didn't stay the whole off season. Well, Buffalo stayed you, a week because exactly. it was too cold for yeah. your boy, and and we broke up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and think about okay, in, in AFC East, you play basically a lot of cold. You play. Play Miami is your kind of warm weather place to go. Yeah, everywhere else you're still going to play cold weather places, pretty much. Frozen tundra. Man, not doing you play it. in Kansas City, you get to go to the West Coast. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yes, you you're, in in you're in the West. You're in the West. I want all the late games. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, you got to play in Kansas domes. City. Domes. Yeah. I want domes. So I don't know. That's just. But I, like I said, I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm, I'm with all. you. I, my thought process: I'm either going to the Dallas Cowboys or I'm going to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not going to Buffalo because let's not forget, Stephon Diggs is trying to get out of Buffalo. He said it multiple times. He that loves Josh true. Allen. He loves him. 
but he doesn't want to be there no more. And could you got New in, York State tax, too. Could there be incentive for them to go more all in on the deal? I don't know. If he wants out there, I wonder if that de- decentivizes or incentivizes DeAndre Hopkins to go there. Yeah. yeah. They offer more money now that they're a little bit unstate that you know what I mean destabilized yep. there at wide receiver. Yep. Uh, I, I will give you a couple uh, one team we know he will not go to. I can tell you zero hundred percent he's not going to the Patriots. We know that. Because Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator. Uh, so oh. He is not going to the Patriots. <laughs> that is true. So because that's a team that needs yeah, yeah. a wide receiver. No, you're right. He's not but, going to Bill O'Brien. So point. we're good. No way. Uh, but I will say a team that could really use him that is warm. Give it to that me. is young that is ready to go. Oh Jacksonville. I knew you were going there. I, when you start when you yeah I you're right. And they and can I, afford him. And they can they have the they have, they're building right now. Yeah. You can put them on there. Really Ooh. good coach. That is a really you, good coach. You have a good coach in there. It. You have like Ooh. that's one of those things where you put him in, and now you got veteran experience. That's scary. You put him in. So that's a team that I would say they they need to look into it. I don't know if he's looking at them right now, but they should be on the phone being like, "Hey, why don't you come down for a meeting?" The only thing that I would say. Um, that that may put a bit of a damper on next. I love that idea, by the way. Is that they don't they get Calvin Ridley back? Yeah, they get Calvin so Ridley back. They, so they may think, oh no, we got reinforcements already coming. Yeah. But I'm with you. They want to go all in. Like, nah, let's go, dog. Let's go. We 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 had a shot. We were ahead of schedule. Yeah. yeah. Now with Peterson here, and we got our head coach. We got our quarterback of the future. We like where we're going. Let's go. Let's get him. If we if we actually last year, think about it, they were closer than they thought because they had that run toward the end of the season. They get DeAndre Hopkins. They may have one of the best wide receiving cores in the league, like top three or four. Mm, yeah. So okay. that, that's one. That's that's just a team that you would that I put on the red on the on the radar at least. Uh, someone says, and, and we just need his grandpa to send him some uh, <laughs> some film of Trevor Lawrence because I doubt he knows. <laughs> if he doesn't know who the kid from San Diego is, there's no way he knows who Trevor Lawrence is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's no way. Yeah. Well, he probably has another name for him. <laughs> the long, the blonde, hey, hat, the long hair. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Sunshine. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he yeah. might have some other name for him. Sunshine. Uh, te- uh, a texter says Lions might make a sneaky pick. That's that's also that would be good. Hey, they play in a dome. Good. They play in a dome. I was gonna say they do. They play in a dome, and man, they, that offense is a high price. It's a top five. Did they did they lose a wide receiver to suspension for gambling? Yes, yeah, Jameson Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Six games. Yep. So. Great point. <gasps> oh, that's big. That is true. Because and they got to start off against Kansas City. But that's one is does he want to go play with Jared Goff? And I know Goff had a really good season, but we. Just from the clip we listened to last week, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. one one quarterback. It was not, it was not. No. And Jared Goff, he knows of because he's playing the Super Bowl. Like you figure, he's heard that name before. And to your point, Harge about Dallas, man. Remember they in that clip? We have to we have to replay that clip later on the show. I'm, I'm sure we got out the city. We just got to play one piece of it. Yeah, where he goes. Dak Prescott. He goes. Uh, <laughs> I knew y'all was gonna go there. Well, he never, I mean, the, the guy said that Prescott, Brandon Marshall said that Prescott, and then the beautiful woman who was there, she says, "Oh, I love that Prescott," and he doesn't blink, he doesn't say, he doesn't respond, he doesn't even, he doesn't even actually acknowledge that they said that Prescott's name. He just rolls on to the next QB in his head. Mm, mm, mm. So I don't know if Dak's on that wish list, man. Maybe that was his way of playing poker. It he is. was playing. He got a poker face. He God, even wait, if the Cowboys in. get Brandon Cooks and DeAndre Hopkins, they're just they're just going they're just moving up. North. Every every angry text Texans wide receiver is going there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's go sign Will Fuller, guys. That would be somewhat annoying, actually, as a Texans fan. That would be. But I would be excited. For um, you. Honestly, guys, hey, what about Baltimore? Would Baltimore make a move here? Baltimore, I, they, they just they, way overpaid for Odell Beckham. They did. And are they you going to overpay for? 
But they I don't think you're gonna be overpaying for but, Hopkins because he he still has a lot left in the tank. We still don't know what's happening with Odell as far as his injury is concerned. Yeah. Uh, yes, and think about it, guys. They have just uh, and maybe it's temporary or maybe now because they have Lamar Jackson as their franchise quarterback and mm-hmm. they signed a new contract. They've shifted their methods a little bit, right? Their habits. They, they're drafting wide receivers early in the draft. They never used to do that. Um, they're paying wide receivers in free agency. Probably this is all to keep Lamar Jackson happy. But still, it is them kind of changing some of their organizational habits. Honestly, they that and they got a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. We just heard the sound yesterday of Lamar Jackson saying, we're going to throw it more and run it less. All right? Basically, it's him sound paraphrasing. You can't. You can only get so far. Mm-hmm. Running the football the way we run it. We got to throw the football. DeAndre Hopkins, he's great for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. God, can you imagine? 50, 50 yeah. balls? Can oh. you imagine that wide yeah. receiver room step up in one year if it goes from wow. the way Devin Duvernay was the number one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, boy, no, you're right. Good Devin point. Duvernay was like, what, one of their higher receivers? He was. To now you'd have, uh, you'd have Hop. You'd have Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh. You'd have you Zay, Zay Flowers. Flowers. Come on, and you got one Duvernay, offseason. and you still got and Duvernay. You can do Duvernay, and you yeah. got there's another guy, and I can't think of his name. Uh, right now. Oh, you're right. Uh, so basically, here it is. They had Marquise. Porsche. They had they had Marquise. Yeah, you're right. It is him. They had Marquise Brown. Basically, won a unanimous MVP. Yeah. Throwing to Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin, and Chris Moore wide receiver. Those were his receivers when he won MVP. Now he's going to have OBJ, Rashad Bateman. Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, and Devin Duvernay. Yeah, and Nelson, still got his tight hey, end. Nelson Aguilar gets cut if you get DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally agree. And then you got the tight end who he loves as uh, his, that's probably his top yeah. weapon Mark as Mark Andrews. Andrews but, that's right. um, but receiver-wise, listen, they're, they're starting to look a little different. They get DeAndre Hopkins. And, and this is a team that spent the fewest amount of dollars on wide receiver, I think the second fewest, actually, in a four-year span with um, uh, Lamar Jackson as their starting quarterback and now they're starting to change things a little bit so i don't know i like what they're doing uh, and maybe deandre hopkins can be one of the missing pieces and he was on the list by the way he was yes he was lamar jackson made the list jalen hurts you made know the list, didn't but it won't be jalen hurts Dak didn't make the list i don't think joe burrow made the list either though so, <laughs> joe so burrow yeah there we the go list. thank you so that, let's just for true. the record we will say joe burrow is not on his list so that way, that way yeah okay. but I, again jalen hurts is the only guy that was under the age of 25 that he knew the name yes do you have to like joe burrow that much yeah, I guess you do. Yeah, if you're going to say, who would you want to be thrown to, you'd be like, yeah, I think I'd probably put that name up on my list. I would list. put Joe Burrow on my list. Um, Hopkins to the Giants, says a texter. Yeah, he ain't going to Daniel Jones. He don't want to play with Daniel Jones. The Giants may want him, but I don't know if it's oh, reciprocated. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think he'd want to play with them. But it's going to be cold up there. But I will say. But it is New York. If anybody can make Daniel Jones look good, it's Spanx. You know what I said about DeAndre Hopkins, man? He's like Spanx. He can he he he's basically the NFL equivalent of the the garment Spanx for women. Nothing against it, ladies. I'm all for it. But he can take something misshapen, malformed, shapeless, something <laughs> disproportionate, unattractive, non symmetrical, unappealing, and unsightly, and he'll turn it into something productive and sexy. He's mm. done it many times. Trust me, with Matt Schaub, Case Keenum. Ryan Mallett, Ryan Fitzpatrick, T.J. Yates, Brandon Wheaton, Brian Hoyer, Tom Savage, A.J. McCarron, all the quarterbacks he had in his first five years before Deshaun Watson became his starting quarterback. Guys, that is by somebody, somebody brought up Andre Johnson uh, earlier uh, yeah. this week when I brought that up, that stat up. Andre Johnson had some bad quarterbacks on the football, 
but he did not have as many bad quarterbacks in a short time span as DeAndre Hopkins had as his starting quarterbacks. And I'm, I'm not sure he made all pro with three different starting quarterbacks throwing him the football. Like DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, Hopkins yeah. is a beast. Yeah. I also throw you in. Uh, if you go to the Giants, you get double teamed basically every play because they don't have any other wide receivers. Well, that what is, you mean about simple. Sterling Shepard? So that you get double teamed, <laughs> double teamed every play. So that's another one for uh, if he doesn't want that. And he, he does if he goes, not want that. If he goes, man, I want to go play with somebody else because it's gonna be a lot more fun on one on ones than they just literally double team me the entire time. Man, I'd be trying to get to Kansas City or, or Detroit. Or Detroit, because look at it. You got Marvin Jones, you got Amara St. Brown, and you got Josh Reynolds. Amara is the number one over there. Yeah. Until Williams comes back, and then Williams is supposed to be the number one. But he's out. We're now he's, and he was out last year, too, until yeah. he came back. So he's he hasn't played a full season. He ain't even on the wide receiver list anymore right now. He's suspended right now. Suspended. Yeah. No point for the six games. So you out of there. I, yeah, I like that Lions pick. My top two for him would be Kansas yeah. City, Baltimore, and after that, Dallas. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to go more realistic, and I don't think I don't think Dallas is going to do it. Listen, Dallas has been making moves, but think about it. It's still ain't in free agency, guys. Yeah, they don't no. like free agency. They made trades to get Stephon Gilmore, trade to get Brandon Cooks. So that's still a way for them to get bang for their buck. They believe, and 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 Stephen Jones, Catboy, Catboy has said this on the record. He believes you overpay in free agency, so they don't like free agency. They only pay for their own guys to bring them back in free agency because they're, they're getting a bargain there because those are guys they drafted. This is the most homegrown team in the NFL, and they hate free agency with a passion. Which so is crazy I don't think to they're going to do it. I don't yeah. think they're going there. If they could trade for them, yes, but they're not going. They don't want to go bid on the open market for a player because they believe that is bad value. It's a bad organizational habit, and I don't totally disagree with them. But I do think you should you should use every means possible to acquire the best talent available. And the Cowboys don't believe that. Hmm. Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles believe that. Right, they do. They believe that. They believe in that, and so I, I believe Veach does too. Veach, Veach is in that too. Veach, I think Veach, Veach will, will go and get some yeah, help go quickly. Get, yeah, yeah, I'm with yeah. you on that. So uh, that's I don't think I don't think he's going to the Cowboys. I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. I don't think it's going to happen. Thanks, bro. I'm sorry. I, I just thought I'd throw it out there. No, so, I, get, so I could get the people rowdy. He worked out there. Yeah, he and did. hung out there and was hanging out with Micah and talked to Micah. I just don't think it's going to happen. But I, if he goes to Kansas City, whew, that's why he's got to go somewhere else. You can't let him go to Kansas City. Baltimore Somebody else got to step I was, up. I was Baltimore because Baltimore, the NFL still has hope. That's what I was trying to tell somebody today. It's yeah. like you can look at it, and, and there's so many different teams that you can go play for, but do you want to win? Yeah. And if you want to win, especially at this stage in your career, how much more money do you need? Unless you've had bad spending habits and you've been in the league as long as you, he has and how much money he's made, endorsement, all this other stuff, is it more about you being a champion or is it more about you being the highest paid? Because just like Patrick Mahomes said, I'm more about the legacy okay. than I am about the financials right now. The money's going to come. That's why Kansas City's the leader. Exactly. And, hey, that and that's the question point. is how much of that's guaranteed from the, the Cardinals. Right. Because I, he may be getting a flat check for $20 million from the Cardinals if that's what's guaranteed on That's them. what I'm saying. And then you're out of there. Yeah, so if that's you, you are, man, I already got a $20 million check. I for think it was 19.7. Yeah, yeah. 19.7 guaranteed. Then you could take a little bit less or stretch it out over a few couple years. You and, don't even need that. You want to be a champ. I, no, I get it. I, yeah. I, think, I don't think you can do the at 30 years old, 
do the I'll sign for the minimum to win a ring. Yeah. But you can still come in with a favorable deal, which 15 to 20 is a favor, a very favorable deal for D-Hop right now. All right, here's the money. Uh, so the move will not be de- will not be designated as a post-June 1 cut because they just cut them, mm-hmm. uh, meaning the Cardinals will clear $7.38 million in cap space in 2023. They're going to carry $22.6 million in dead cap. Damn. And yeah. we'll, uh, we'll have removed Hopkins' salary from their cap entirely in 2024. Uh, because Hopkins didn't have any guaranteed money left on his deal, Arizona will also save okay. $19.4 million in cash in 2023. So they must have just they paid it out. Okay. He's got no more. They, they, according to Tom Pellicero, there's no more guaranteed money left on the deal. So he can go wherever he wants yeah. and make whatever he wants. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So he he, he basically if I want to win, minimum, so go, I'll take the minimum. He can go veteran minimum exactly. if you want. Exactly. So I don't think he will because that's an insult. But he could go close to it, hook somebody up. Uh, yeah. All right, what you got coming up on Harsh Knock Life? Well, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys. We're also gonna talk a little bit about the Texas Rangers. Uh, I know we haven't had much of that conversation, but. Surprise, surprise, we're headed into June, and them boys still winning. All right, we got that. <laughs> Coming up on Harsh Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my man. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a 512 edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter, at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass, at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512 337 Three seven seven six, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys and what the expectations are coming into this season. Some of the moves that they made this off season. Who is going to be the go to guy? But I want to start off by talking about the Texas Rangers. We, uh, I got a chance to go to spring training thanks to the courtesy of the Round Rock Express, the AAA affiliate of the Texas Rangers and the folks for Texas Rangers, they invited us out there, got a chance to walk around, see a lot of stuff, and get to meet some of these new players. And we had uh, Sadler on, Jared Sadler on with us uh, early in the season, and we were talking about this team and what the expectations were coming in, and they were all in. We talked about it from last year. They went out and got Corey Seager at shortstop, and they went and got Marcus Simeon at second base. Marcus Simeon had a very slow start last year, was not producing the numbers. Then I find out this year reason why his numbers might have slowed up a little bit was because of the fact that he was dealing with everything concerning the lockout with Major League Baseball, making sure that the Players Association and the CBA was written up the right way, which was very impressive. And now he's come out and been able to do all kinds of things. But you sit here and you look at this team, but then they go out and they get a Nathan Uvalde pitcher comes in and has got two complete games and has really looked like the leader of this team because Jacob DeGrom, the big money offseason, was struggling a little bit, and then he had to deal with the injury. So you start looking at this team and you say, man, are they really that good? Are they really that good? Um, I have to tell you, they're really that good. They, (laughs) They are really that good. And when you look at who they are and what they were able to do in the West, it is impressive. They are right now, they're in first place, 31 
and 18 with a 633 winning percentage. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. They got a two-game winning streak. But here's the impressive part for me when you talk about the Texas Rangers. It's the plus minus. It's the plus minus on the run differential. They are now the the number 1 team right now is Tampa Bay mm. with the plus minus. They are plus 114. The number 2 team, the Texas Rangers. They wow. are plus 112. Hmm. There are two runs behind them. And they have continued to go out there. And remember, Tampa got off to that great start where everybody was talking about the Tampa Bay Rays and how they were going about their business and the winning streak that they had going into uh, the season. And now you look at this Texas Rangers team and you're like, man, they are very, very impressive. And when you start looking at their stats and who's the leaders and what's going on with them, for me, it's the development of Josh Young, the third baseman, and Garcia in the outfield and what Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon are able to do as a team. That's been the most impressive part for me. I continue to watch this team develop and grow, and you can you keep saying, wait a minute, what what is different about this team? What is different about this team? And you just find out it's everything. It's yes. the confidence. You bring in a guy like Bruce Bochy, the manager that has won a lot of games in the major league. He's a calming voice. He's somebody that can teach these guys what it's like to win mm-hmm. because he's not coming in to lose. Yep, He is not coming in to lose, and he that's why Chris Young got a chance to go out there and get that type of player, get all those players that they needed. And the development of Josh Young coming up through the system and him being uh, one of the guys that you look at his average, he's hitting two seventy three as a as a starting rookie third baseman, but he leads all rookies in majority of wow. the uh, categories for rookies. Hmm. So I'm looking at him to be the the player of the or rookie of the year in most uh, pitch. I mean batting. So you keep looking at that team and you keep saying, okay, they playing clean baseball. Everybody's doing their role. And don't forget, Corey Seager was out for a while. Yeah, remember he got hurt, pulled a hamstring. He's just now getting back, and he's right back in the middle of that lineup. So I'm I'm very impressed because we are now about to head toward the month of May. Hmm. And these guys are still in the leading the West right now, which is very impressive com- considering where they were before that. They're ahead of the Houston Astros, who are 28 and 21. Uh, they're only three games back. They've had their ups and downs, but their plus minus is only 38. Mm, yeah, they you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they, they're scrapping mm-hmm. for these yep. wins. I know they're they scrapping for these wins. But they, they, uh, the Rangers do a great job at home. They're sixteen and eight. They're fifteen and ten on the road, and they're playing against teams that have a five hundred record or better. They're fourteen and ten. That's winning baseball. Mm-hmm. And they got a big challenge this week because they're playing against Baltimore. Baltimore is another team that has a very good record. They're thirty three and seventeen. They're just behind the Tampa Bay Rays. They're three games out of first place in the East. So. I'm in. I'm impressed with what I've been able to see from the Texas Rangers thus mm. far. And again, mm. we're heading into May, and they're. I mean, to June, and they're still in the middle of that battle and and leading the West. So, shout out to them. I just wanted mm. to make sure that we gave them their love and what they've been able to do. They are now being considered one of the most uh, explosive offensive teams 
in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah, who hey. would have thunk it? And off season, uh, yeah. all those off season moves worked, man. They, they did. spent some money. They spent the money and they got them in the right place. So I'm real excited for that. Well, now I want to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys and what the expectations are. Obviously, with the changes that have been made in the the play calling situation, we've already talked about Mike McCarthy and what he's wanting to do. Uh, the guy in Brian Schottenheimer is now the OC replacing Kellen Moore. I know everybody's waiting to see how Kellen Moore does with um, Justin Herbert because everybody hates on Dak, which is fine. <laughs> but we'll see because they also know the upside of what a Justin Herbert has. The NFL has been talking about it. He's their golden mm-hmm. boy, and now they're going to get a chance to see what he can do with an offense because Cowboys did put up a lot of points and. Rod made sure to let me know that throughout the process. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, just trying to keep the stats out there. Right, you got to keep it it's out data, there. baby. But I've been following our man John Machota, who does a great job with mm-hmm. The Athletic, and he's got a couple quotes that have been out there. And Dak Prescott uh, was talking about the offensive changes with now that Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays. He said there are, there are, there are some changes, but it's not like we're going to throw away our playbook and try to start over or anything like that. Obviously, we've had success, so it's good here. Mm-hmm. So you do – we talked about this before. The Cowboys has always had uh, one of the top five scoring offenses in the NFL year mm-hmm. after year for what they were able to do. And then they led the NFL per game with 31.2 in 2021, and they averaged 407 mm-hmm. yards per game in offense. So we got a chance to see that. Yep. But now we got – different playmakers that are coming in that you have to get that chemistry. And I know we talked a little bit about uh, Aaron Rodgers going to training camp. One thing you never had to worry about was Dak being at training camp. Mm -hmm. Dak always showed up to training camp. He likes the grind. He He likes to be with with his teammates Mm -hmm. and trying to build that chemistry. Well, now you got Brandon Cooks. We've got uh, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. You know, we talked about the fact of Amari Cooper and him leaving and not being a part of this team, but now we've moved on from that. There's now guys that we have that can stretch the field in Brandon Cooks. I still believe that C.D. Lamb, although he's not a – I don't think he stretches the field as much, he's still an effective route runner, and he can get – he can get into small spaces. He's a yak daddy he's too. A, yes, he, once he catches the ball, he can mm-hmm. make plays. I yak. thought Michael Gallup, near the end of the season, he looked – as if he was starting to get healthy all the way back to being the player that they thought he was going to be when they let go of uh, D-Hop. I mean, D-Hop. Well, Cooper can be (laughs) D-Hop. They wish. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) when they got rid of him. But now we're going to see exactly how explosive – Michael Gallup's mm-hmm. going to be nice. after he's had another season he healthy. Be. Yeah, I think he's going to be a different player once he gets there. Uh, another player that's going to get a lot of recognition right now, to me, is going to be Tyler Ferguson. That's my guy. Mm. I've been, I mean, excuse me, Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson, the tight end. We've talked about him and what the expectations. Everybody, I know that the Cowboys drafted the tight end from Michigan mm-hmm. very high. I still believe Jake Ferguson is going to be Dax mm. Dalton Schultz. And let's not forget, everybody talked about Dalton Schultz and, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you're going to let him walk. Nobody knew who Dalton Schultz was at one point. Uh, you're right about that. He developed into that, mm-hmm. that player. There was not one person that was like, man, I can't believe the Cowboys didn't draft Dalton Schultz earlier. 
Nobody said that. <laughs> he became that player because he came in and worked. I believe the same thing is going to happen with Jake Ferguson. Mm. I've been high on on the horse for him, and I believe that he's going to be one of those guys that we're going to be talking about year after year about how we saw his growth at that tight end position. So offensively, you you brought up the um, the offensive line earlier, what the mix and match and the combinations mm-hmm. of what's going to happen. That's still going to be up for, for debate, yep. and they're going to be fighting for that job. But the one position that the Cowboys, because I talked about tight end, I talked about wide receiver, the one position for the Cowboys that really has everyone alarmed is the running back position. If you were talking about running, Tony Tony Pollard is out at practice. He's going through the walkthroughs mm-hmm. on the OTAs, which is great. Which is great because that means that he's above, he's ahead of schedule from what I was thinking. Yeah. When you start thinking about a torn ACL and having those surgeries and trying to come back from it, but medicine is different. Mm. Everything's a lot different nowadays, so guys can come back a little bit faster. But Malik Davis and Ronald Jones are those the guys that you truly believe if you are going to be a running team. Are those three by committee enough for you to have success and when you need to close out ball games? Because that's what Zeke was. Mm-hmm. Zeke was that guy. You hand him the ball, he's going to fall forward, and you're going to get some positive yardage. And don't hit me on the Specs text line talk <laughs> about the last play that Zeke had where he was the center and he got ran over. That's not Zeke's fault. He didn't know what was to expect right there. But I, I firmly believe that the Cowboys are going to have to find a player that is um, going to be able to carry the load late in the ball games because you brought up the conversation about Skip Pete talking about he's gassed, mm-hmm. Tony Pollard's gassed. I'm done for the rest of the game. What? Because you had an explosive play. What kind of conditioning are you dealing with? And then put on top of the fact that he has he's coming back from an injury. Mm-hmm. What is he going to be like? What's his win going yep. to be look like? And what is it going to take for the Cowboys? I still think the Cowboys are going to have a successful season. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win the division. I know Philly fans are thinking you're still going to be there, but we know it alternates every year yes, it does. in that division, regardless of how good your team is. That is the thing that I keep looking at. How are the Cowboys going to close out a lot of these games. Uh, all right, uh, good stuff there. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get into off the record. This apex predator has turned against mankind. What? We'll discuss it right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the horn. DD Mega Doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get they break the income. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, Here's a story that is right now seems to be stupefying some of the best scientific minds on the planet. Uh, Reports of killer whales appearing to try and capsize boats off the coast of Spain and Portugal have raised questions about the sea creatures and their motive behind these erratic actions. Um, in the past, uh, basically the past couple of weeks, um, some of these incidents have gone viral. 
uh, and the whales are seen near Spain and Portugal often in the summer. Last week, a group of killer whales broke the rudder and pierced the hull of a sailboat in the area. The crew of four on board needed to call authorities for help and were rescued uh, from a report from Rudder said um, the boat also was uh, there's a, their boat was towed back to the port for repairs. Earlier this month, three orcas impacted a sailing yacht. The boat was so flooded after the incident that it could not be towed back. Um, they say that this is just one of about 20 instances uh, recorded in the area this month. By the GTOA, a group that researches orcas in the region. Um, They also said uh, 52 interactions were recorded between the Strait of Gibraltar and uh, northern Spain between July and November 2020. The following year, 197 interactions happened. And in 2022, there were 207 interactions. So the interactions between these killer whales and these boats continue to increase. And it's not the boats changing their patterns and behavior. It's the whales. The whales are literally attacking the boats. Yep. Now they can't Lopez Fernandez, a biologist at the University of Avril in Portugal, who also works at the GTOA, he says that the origin of the behavior is unknown. He said there are some reports speculating that orcas are teaching each other this behavior and that they're doing it in just in fun, in jest. <laughs> um no, because there is a a a whale a killer whale named Luca a few years back that was spotted off the coast of Vancouver who separated from his pod and began to follow boats. He later learned to grab onto the rudders to break them off to disable the boats to push the boats around. And he was actually seeking social interactions, what they found out. He learned he could prolong the interactions with these sailors by disabling the boats. And they would stick around and hang out with him and feed him and all this kind of stuff. So he would just do it to all the boats he saw. Damn animals are so smart. Uh, so now they're trying to figure out because it is actually a hazard on the waters um, why these animals, why these killer whales are attacking these boats and the interactions. Like I just said, they continue to increase and they are, you know, probably for the killer whales. They're not that dramatic. But for the sailors and in the people who are in the on the boats on these yachts, it is uh, pretty traumatic for these um, incidents to leave them basically, I mean, basically their boats are disabled in the middle of the ocean. So um, <laughs> this goes back to my long-standing thought process. I'm not going into the sea where those people live. Those Animals. those mammals? Yes. <laughs> that is their home. And they see you disrupting their home. They're coming to flip your boat. I saw That's video. I saw video of it. Oh, yeah. I literally saw video of it today, and I'm like, those are massive whales, massive ones. They ain't baby whales. No. These are some big ones that are the, flipping you over. The orcas. Why am I trying to be a part of that, Rod? Why? They, well, these, I would say these ships, these are either some people sailing out, obviously, you know, recreationally. Some of them are actually boats that are fishing and doing other things like business, commerce, things of that nature. Um, they're just being attacked by these these. Um, pods, I believe you call them, of whales. They seen that. They seen what y'all been doing. But I would say this about killer they whales. Angry. Killer That's whales. Why they're killer. No, no, whales. no. I'm with you on that. Killer whales are basically, basically the. They are the Jimmy Butlers and the Nikola Jokic's of the sea. They get no respect. But dude, they are. That you know they 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 hunt killer like great whites. Like they are the they are the only predators to great whites. Great whites have one predator. 
mm-hmm. in the sea. And it's killer whales. They are the only creature in the sea that will go head to head with a great white shark. Every other creature decides, oh, I'm turning the other way. Every other creature looks at the great white sharks like they're Debo. They run the other way. Yeah. An orca looks at the great white shark and starts smiling. Goes over there to punk them. Yeah, I don't want none of that. You don't want to mess with these things. And by the way, let's also point this out. Why aren't there more killer whale mascots? Are there any? If you are a high school, I a guess new high school. whalers. They're, they're, what are they? You need to be Boston a killer whale. whale. No, 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 no a killer whale. Killer uh, whales are awesome. SeaWorld kind of ruined it, I think. No, for, for, not for the killer whale. The killer no, no, whales I know, but then people were like, well, we don't want the SeaWorld sea they're, abu- they're abusing killer yeah, whales. No, the killer whales are, like I said, they are the kings of the sea. Nobody messes with killer whales. They hunt other whales. Yeah. That's why they call them killer whales. <laughs> like they do. They hunt other, just for sport. So I'm telling you, other high schools out there, you want a cool mascot, killer whales is a cool mascot. Matter of fact, you could argue the sea, the ocean itself, is a, a great place to find underrated mascot material. Yeah. Jellyfish. Sharks of all kind, killer whales, octopi. Octopi. What the hell are we doing, high school? You going with a bulldog and a dam? What? Come on, get creative here. There's so many different animal species on the planet. Hell, the Seattle Kraken—they made up one. They did the Kraken. That should have been the killer whales. That should have been the killer whales. They should have been the killer whales. Come on, Seattle killer whales. Come on. I like that though, but and it a little late. We got to get to I don't know why. I might, maybe you got to be by the ocean. Maybe we go to Florida and California, you go coasts, and they have more mascots associated with animals. We got none real associated with le- uh, animals in the sea, I should say. But that's weird. We don't have any. Mm-hmm. We should have more of those. I mean, we got the dolphins. That's ah, true. But that, they're by the coast. The Marlins. The coast. Tampa Rays. Coast. <laughs> you gotta go to the. We should. We should all embrace those animals of the yeah, sea. Yeah, no one on the Gulf, really. The on third the Gulf, coast. Why can't the third coast do it? In H Town, we didn't have many of those. I grew up in H Town. Man, H Town is not having any. Galveston doesn't have a lot of them. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not part of that. The Commanders. There you go. Commanders. <laughs> killer whales. Washington killer whales. Done. You're welcome. I like it. The Washington whales. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, let's get into some uh, NBA discussion. On the other side, we'll review Game Five win for Boston, forcing a Game Six right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, none horn.